everyone, it's Dan. Welcome to episode, I believe we're at 44. Episode 44 of Howling 2 and 7-2, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf and Howling New Moon Rising, which is Howling 7. Dan's Driving Double Feature presents this, by the way. How long has it been since I've done an episode of that? Those were fun episodes. Maybe I'll do one when these are all done, This this batch of minute by minutes are done. Maybe I'll, I'll do one of those. That'll be fun. Anyway, uh, how are you? Good. Yes, thank you. Uh, pardon any noise you hear in the background. Our, um, our neighbors, a couple of years ago, they put up some sort of awning over their entire backyard so they could have people over and parties and things. And then the pandemic hit, and they've only done that about three or four times. And now it looks like, sounds like they're taking it down. Uh, there's a little, so if you hear drilling and noises... You, maybe you won't. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. But just in case you do, I don't want you to think, boy, that Dan, what a jackass. Sorry. So, anyway, we are talking minutes 56 through 60. We're up to the hour-long hour, hour long mark now um, for both of these movies. And Howling 2, where were we in Howling 2? Um, it's, it's weird. I don't remember us being at this moment at all, but apparently... Um, and now I am, I am, again, my... My Blu-ray of Howling 2 is still swallowed up by a Blu-ray player, which I have not had the courage to crack open and try to get the disc out of. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the player works anymore. It wasn't that old of a player, so I'm thinking it should still work. But anyway, um, anyway, so so I'm watching them on. I'm watching Howling 2 on archive.org. So uh, minute 56 began with um, some sort of strangely armored guy being beaten up, about to get beaten up by. Um, a friend of Red Brown, the little guy, and he's about to to clonk this warrior kind of guy, and the and the werewolves, the main, the Sybil Danning werewolf, and the guy, and that woman from L.A. are all nearby, and uh, I think that that kind of creepy um, Transylvanian guy is is leading the girlfriend. Anne, is it? I'm going to just say the girlfriend for the moment, up to um, uh, the village there somewhere around there. But 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 just suffice to say that the guy in the armor and everything is about to get beat up by Red Brown's little friend uh listen to this and i'll be on the other side this one ends on a great moment um with the little guy um having lost his earplugs so the sort of the i don't know the sonicness of the werewolf blows up his head and his eyeballs explode and that's the way the 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 that's when we hit the hour-long mark at least right here if we were watching the blu-ray it might have been off slightly um but but right at the minute hour-long mark his eyeballs explode so that's fun so we actually get something happening because most of this is a lot of running around and Sybil Danning standing over like a small fire, like intoning some sort of chanting and and the um the two people, the guy and the woman from LA running after Red Brown through the woods, not accomplishing much and occasionally the music that's playing sounds like the howling theme um and you get the brief scene with the girlfriend and and the creepy eastern european guy who's becoming more and more incoherent that's the tricky thing is most of the dialogue in this um five minutes is either i wish i could play it for you but i'm not going to play the entire five minutes is either most of the dialogue is either chanted by sybil danning and so it's latin or something so you're not meant to understand it or spoken by two guys with very thick accents so i can understand when the little guy yells my earplugs you know i lost my earplugs and he yells for red brown to go but he says lots of other things that we can't quite hear and it's weird they do that thing where he falls down and his earplugs pop out so now he's susceptible to hearing the sonic noise which obviously blows up his eyeballs and but but it's weird they do that thing where 
his eye, his earplugs fall out. We see them kind of hit the ground in kind of a lit up spot in the dirt. Um, and then we see them picking around in the dirt. And everything's dark and everything's dark. And you can see exactly why they're having such trouble finding the earplugs. But then at, on at least one occasion, if not, if not more, they cut to a shot of a hand feeling around in the dirt right near the earplug, but not quite gra- but not quite getting the earplug. Um, and, and the, um, but the problem in, in doing that is that that area is lit up again. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like whenever we see, um, whenever we see a close up, the ground close up where the earplugs are, it's lit up. But then we see them searching around in a longer, in a wider shot. It's all darkness, so it's tough for them to see. It's like, why not look in those spots that are lit up? Wouldn't that be easier? It's like that weird thing whenever, um, whenever in a movie they're in like a, a room and they turn out the lights and everything's dark, but then instead of everything going to blackness everything goes like blue it's almost like that you know or like his earplugs hit the ground in a, in a pool of light but then everything else is dark so maybe close up it looks like that and, but that's too bad because he's he's rolling around in pain because the earplugs but i mean he does he does kick that guy's butt in the beginning unfortunately the i mean he also causes the problem by being by having his he's a little guy but his head takes up a lot of that window and Sybil Danning spots him and they give chase so Basically, the five minutes are, yeah, they, there's a brief scene with the girlfriend and the Eastern European guy who is, um, I thought he was going to become a werewolf, but he's just kind of a little rapey and not pleasant. And, um, and, uh, and, and it's weird because it's, it's a weird scene because the, the actress who plays the girlfriend there, she's not full of emotion. It's a little tough to gauge her feelings on things. Oh, what are you doing? Stop! This isn't the way to the village. And the guy is like, "You're the moon is I want to love you." What? I want to love you. And you're like, "What is going on?" It's like she's not showing any emotions. He's showing emotions, but you can't understand what he's saying. And it's almost like I wish it were a silent film. I'd rather see the titles come up on screen and I go, okay, now I got it. But then the Sonics wouldn't make as much sense. It certainly is a loud five minutes. And when that guy's eyeballs explode, you think, oh, good, we can get a break from all this noise. Most of it is just noise. Intercut with, yeah, like I said, Sybil Danning and Red Brown running and the werewolves going. And Again, you you have a moment where the werewolves are transforming intercut with um, Red Brown and his friend running and, and Sybil Danning doing her chanting and everything. And it is kind of weird that, like, the howling... Um, to a lot of people at that time. I mean, I think a lot of people too, it was Joe Dante, it was John Sayles, it was the sense of humor that it had along with like America Werewolf in London sort of doing the same thing. But for a lot of people, Howling was this incredible werewolf transformations. And this one, they're not so incredible. They're pretty straightforward and there's so much cutting away, you know, that you're just you know it's a piece of latex that's bubbling and you know it's like that thing where the you know the jaw suddenly expands you know the the mouth and the jaw goes out you know kind of thing and it's sort of like mm, okay well i guess it's i guess it's fun i guess we're all having fun here um it's it's not a great transformation then they look like werewolves it's, i guess they look like the werewolves in the first one which means they look less sort of sleek like the like the wolf more or less in American Werewolf in London and more like hairier werewolves um it's funny the howling werewolf I like I like the howling quite a bit but the werewolf never quite is it it was interesting like like when you see the American Werewolf in London werewolf which is more like a wolf I remember being kind of like oh, okay well that's 
it's not really a werewolf. That's a, it's a well, that was like a wolf man. This is a wolf, and then the werewolves in were more. I want to say leonine, lionine. What is the word I'm looking for? Le- you know, more lion-like almost. Um, but what are you going to do? These things are what they are. So Howling 5, we get some werewolves chasing Red Brown. They don't seem to get anywhere close to him. He fires at them. I thought he had the pl- platinum, plutonium, pl- platinum bullets. I guess not, because they don't seem phased. And then a lot of chanting from her, from Sybil Danning, and then the guy's head exploding and bleeding at the end. So that's a fun way to end it. I say... Again, again, a lot of it is just running and, and yelling and, and this, that, and the other. So there's not... It, it's building towards something, but again, in the end, I guess it's building towards that guy's head exploding and his eyeballs popping out. So that's fun. I guess that's a fun... It's fun to have something happen, because as I was watching the five minutes, I thought, is anything going to happen? I mean, there's a lot of running around, and there's some vague transformations and stuff like that, but is anything going to actually happen? I mean, we do learn when the... um. Sybil Danning is always fun to watch, but the the guy in the scene, he's also one with the the thick accent, so he he sometimes you don't fully believe that he understands exactly what he's saying. And the woman, the the werewolf woman from L.A., she is hamming it up uh, big time. And um, do you want me to kill him for you? Or whatever it is she says. And it's like you almost expect Sybil Danning, the queen there of the werewolves, to say, okay, just bring it down a notch. I know we're meant to be these indestructible immortal killers or whatever the heck we are. But, um, you know, you don't have to go that far. But she um, she does intimate that, you know, if they need to wait longer, they can because they waited quite some time. The full moon is out. So I guess I guess this is these are fun werewolves who um, can control their werewolfiness. Although I, I will admit that when you first see the Eastern European guy, werewolf guy, changing into the werewolf, I thought it was someone else. When you see him for a moment, I thought, who is that? And then you realize, oh, it's meant to be him because it's intercut with the woman from L.A. changing. So, okay, yeah, all right. That was a little vague. Almost like they just grabbed a random guy in the crew or the the extra and just said, just fall against it. We're going to stick some hair on your face. And that that shot of, like, the hairs growing out, like the stop-motion animation hairs coming out of the skin. Ah, I guess that's fun. Um, I, I it's, it's almost like... Um, you know, we did all the werewolf transformations in the first film. Now this is less about those and more about establishing this mythology, which, let's be honest, we're an hour in. We have, what, a half an hour left in the movie. Things are still pretty vague, but we do have a half hour, and we do learn, yes, definitely, that Christopher Lee and Sybil Danning are brother and sister characters, Sturba and Christopher Lee. It was funny, where I work, um, my day job, I was looking at something, and there was a customer named Christopher Lee. And I thought, that's got to be tricky. Or I wonder I wonder if it's one of those things, like I worked with a guy named Terry Jones. And when I said, oh, Terry Jones, awesome. Do you ever get anyone, you know, thinking you're the guy from Monty Python? Who? I'm, I'm sorry, what now? I thought, no, 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 no. People know who Monty Python... They, they may not know who Terry Jones is, but um, surely you can't have gone throughout your... He, he was maybe in his mid-30s. You surely have not gone through three and a half decades on this earth without someone having said to you, oh, you share the same name as a famous comedian who sadly recently passed from Monty Python. And I wonder if, like, the Christopher Lee guy is the same thing. You know, one day, you know, he I think he was, like, in his 60s or something, or, like, one day, you know, when he's on his deathbed, someone will say, do you know you share the same name as a guy who played Dracula a bunch back in the 50s to the 70s? Really, I had no idea. You would think Lord of the Rings would would give give it away for I'm I'm dying to know. Um, the worst the worst name I ever saw 
uh, and this this ties back to the Eastern European guy going after Anne. It was like Jim and Jane rape. What on earth nationality is that? I just remember looking at that name and thinking, oh, that's unfortunate. You know, son, your last name is Dingle or something. You know, that's not great. But, but that's to be named after a felony offense. Jonathan Assault. Timothy Bestiality. Uh, it, would be, it would be a little rough. <laughs> oh, boy. Tom the Poop Eater. No, that would be like a... Like a like a like a Luther a Luther the Geek kind of thing. Sorry, I went I went over the top there. But then a guy's eyeballs explode at the end of this, and I I gotta tell you this is '95, so this is Bathory's first album came out in '84, was it? So black metal wasn't really a thing yet. It would become a thing in the next few years. '85 was still Venom. Venom had done black metal. Bathory was their first album '83 or '84. I forget. But I mean the thing about Bathory. Bathory sounded as bad as it did that those first few albums and the lyric and the, and the vocals sounded as bad as they did um, simply because was a Cothorn or whatever his name was he wasn't supposed to do the singing and so to cover up the fact that he couldn't sing he did that but he's like that you know he did the, the screamy screechy crouchy voice that, that became a black metal thing but but in, in circa 85 black metal really isn't a thing yet um, very much in its infant stage. It would be late 80s, early 90s. I would say early 90s before black metal really takes off. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, that outfit Simple Danning is wearing in these five minutes. I think I've seen that on the cover of like an Immortal album. I don't know. I own I own one Immortal album at the heart of winter, which is like the I think the one album of theirs that doesn't have them on the cover. It's a great image of like an underground cavern with a huge castle and it's winter time. Of course, they're on the back jumping around like a bunch of doofuses, but I could swear that if you put some like corpse makeup on her, like the corpse um, paint on her face, she would look like she's um, she's she's doing some uh, she's background single tam background singer tambourine player for like Immortal on their um, on the one of their <laughs> I guess at the Heart of Winter tour. Um, but anyway, so that, that that's about all I have to say for this. Let's go on to. Um, uh, Howling 7, New Moon Rising, Howling New Moon Rising. Um, personally, I don't remember where exactly we are in Howling New Moon Rising, but, um, oh, I think, oh, is, um, is what's-her-name from Howling 4 is back. Let's, let, let me, let me play, I'm just gonna play, you know what I'm gonna do? I, I don't have any music or anything to play uh, right here. Let me just, how about, um, I'll do this. Howling 7, New Moon Rising. Minutes 55. Howling, New Moon Rising, minutes 55 through 60. Insert here. I will say the uh, the noise next door of these awnings or whatever coming down in our neighbor's backyard are getting louder. But you can just think of it this way. February 4th, 2023, this is what Dan was hearing as he was recording this episode. So let's make it... Uh, Let's let's you know stamp this date in our in our yearbooks. What is happening in this? In this one, we start off with... Jeez, I just watched it. I don't remember. Oh, it starts off with um, Ted and the um, the Australian uh, woman dancing, and they dance for quite some time. And then they they seem to be dancing in somebody's room, but then they also seem to be maybe outside or I don't know. And um, they keep looking like they're gonna kiss, but they never quite kiss. And even though they're outside of the 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 Pioneer Town Palace, they're outside of the bar. Um, they're still line dancing, and there's still shots of them doing their in-step in line dancing, which I guess is, you know, I guess if um, 
I guess if you know he's he's after her and and she really likes line dancing, you keep line dancing until she stops you. And it's funny because Ted or Clive Turner never looks anything less like he he always looks like a guy. He always looks like a director who's like I'm about to kiss the actress <laughs> kind of thing. You know, some directors are able to do that. Where like if they if they put themselves in a movie and they have to kiss someone, they look that looks natural. And sometimes it just looks like I'm going to kiss her. I'm going or him or you know. And and so that's kind of what it looks like right here. Um, and the whole thing ends with yes, you got it. Footage from Howling for the original Nightmare. Yay, which is. Um, which I believe Clive Turner co-wrote and which is closer to the Howling novel, which, as you know, I've not finished, even though I can I can actually see. I've got I've got a shelf right here and I can see what's on the shelf. I'll just, I'll just tell you what's on the shelf right here. This is another stamp point in time. I see there are my two wacky packages books. You know, they put out those two collections of wacky packages, images. They're fun. That's where I have my Batman Brave and the Bold, um, the DC Showcase, number one, and the three Omnibuy. I can see an Ornette, the Ornette Coleman Beauties of Everything box set. I can see... Um, Alice Adventures, Annotated Alice. Alice Adventures, Wonderland. I can, of course, see the Howling Trilogy. I see a Pauline Kale collection, two of them. Oh, I see my three Dungeons and Dragons books. I have the the Dungeon Master Handbook and the Monster Manual and the Player's Handbook. Not that I've played Dungeons and Dragons in decades, but during the um, during the pandemic, a bunch of people I was chatting with, we were doing movie chats. They weren't Dungeons and Dragons, and I said how I used to be. And I went out and I bought the books in preparation for us possibly doing some stuff together. And then the movie chat stopped, and I don't think I've. I think I chatted with one of them maybe like two months ago. I said hello, how you doing? Um, and uh, he's doing fine. Um, but but yeah, oh gosh, yeah. Anyway, that that was just me sort of reminiscing there. But Howling, uh, the original Nightmare. I have seen Howling for the original Nightmare. I have not seen it since. Um, I've not seen it since the early '90s. I think when I saw it on video or taped it off of HBO. It's funny, isn't it, with the Howlings? Like I now have Silent Night, Deadly Night one through five on really lovely Blu-rays. Um, Scream Factory for one and two, and then uh, Vestron Video through Lionsgate for three, four, and five. But yeah, the Howlings. You know, it's like Howling is in the nice Scream Factory set uh, disc. Howling two is in the Scream Factory disc. Um, Howling three, you're only going to be able to get that. Um, the old uh, DVD, I think the Anchor Bay put out, maybe? Howlings 4, 5, and 6 are on like a cheapy DVD, uh, maybe two DVDs or three DVDs, cheap, cheapy nevertheless, and then Howling New Moon Rising stopped at Laserdisc. So, and I I will say this also, and I'm going to get to the minute shortly, but um, I think uh, hearing the noise outside and everything is kind of distracting me, and I haven't done one of these minute by minutes in a while, so I thought I'd get a little chatty. I just noticed today that I, I no longer have my Howling New Moon Rising laser disc, but I, I have a DVDR copy of it. Oddly enough, this DVDR, I recorded this December 2007. Good gravy. So it's now 15, over 15 years old. And I've watched it a lot. And there are no chapters on it. It's not one of those where like there's a chapter every five minutes or 10 minutes. There are no chapters. So in order to get to 55 minutes, I have to fast forward 55 minutes in. And I had the same thing happen when I was doing the Iced podcast. And now the Iced DVDR is almost unwatchable. And I think it's because I had to do that so often. So I hope I don't ruin the Howling. Because I have Ice still on VHS. But I'm hoping I don't ruin this Howling. Um, this, I may actually start watching Howling New Moon Rising from online shortly. So I don't have to worry about messing up the DVDR anymore. But having said that, and talking for almost five minutes and not really getting near the minute. No, I did get near the minutes. Um, 
But yeah, we get Howling uh, 4 footage, which is fun, because now we are an hour in. We have a half hour left. And we're still getting backup footage uh, for what's going on. I mean, here it is like, like he's already, obviously he's already tied, he's already tied five into it. And again, we see a picture of the woman from six. So we're still tied, we're tying five into it. We're tying six into it. And now we're fully, fully on bringing four into it. And we're going to show how four ties in. And, and like I said uh, earlier, I don't think I've said this in a while, but one and two are sort of the same mythology. Three, as far as I can remember, is a totally different thing. Four, five, and six seem to be standalones until seven showed up and tied four, five, and six, and seven all together into a big quadrology. So that's what seven is doing. The problem is that when you're, you know, you've got a 90-minute movie and you're an hour into it, and you're just like putting the final finishing touches and you're, you're showing flashbacks from, from three movies ago now. Um, uh, you maybe, maybe something went wrong with the way you were telling this story. Now, I will say this. Um, it is funny watching this priest who I don't think is an actor, or if he is an actor, he's... Um, not the best. He, I, I think you can sort of tell by um, uh, the way the way like she says, "What, Father? Do you know anything about werewolves? Or do you believe in werewolves?" And he says, "What does this have to do with where?" And sort of that weird that weird pause, like it's a pregnant dramatic pause, but it just kind of looks like you've forgotten what you were going to say. And the the actress is is I think very good. She, she's in Howling Original Nightmare, and she's the main focus of that entire movie, which really doesn't have much werewolves. Show, doesn't have much world stuff happening until the very end which is like as I've said before like so you're going to take a movie um, based off of a novel that doesn't seem to be that great and you have Joe Dante direct it John Sayles write the script you have a super fun catch you have Rob Martin doing the, the effects and you have all this talent behind it and then you do Howling Original Nightmare which I think John Hugh John Howe directed who who had directed some interesting things but the rest of it is, I mean, forgive me, about a third of the talent of The Howling, and yet you're deciding to be less um, crazy and less interesting. <laughs> you, you take all the humor out. You take the overkill of all the all the transformations and everything out. You do, there is a great transformation, which I think we see in a few minutes at the end of the movie, but still, yeah, it's, it's, you, you, I mean, it's in, in the same way that Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is is meant to be when they made Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, the reason they made it the way they made it is because Silent Night, Deadly Night got pulled from theaters so quickly, and I don't know if at the point Part 2 came out, Part 1 was out on VHS yet. I think it was, but I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. And since Silent Night, Deadly Night had not been seen by a lot of people, they did Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. And they specifically, they did a rated R, and they toned things down, and they kept it... They kept it um, they kept it a little silly, and they kept so people could see the footage, and they could see it. And then, of course, Silent Night, Deadly Night comes out on VHS, and when it comes out on VHS, it's an uncut version that's like a minute, two minutes long with extra gore and extra nudity and stuff, and so suddenly Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 looks ridiculous and makes no sense. You know, Boogeyman 2 makes sense because it's Uli Lommel basically giving the finger to the people who t forced him to make Boogeyman 2. But Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 has a commercial reason for being, which is ruined by the fact that the, the movie comes... The, movie um the the first one came out so all over the place and and howling for the original nightmare is great because there's no reason for it i mean howling was already on video so why do a direct to video more or less 
like version of of the howling with all the fun stuff taken out of it now i will say i mean if you watch the the seven of them i would say howling original nightmare is probably the low point because it's just dull whereas howling the rebirth is actually a fun ten little indian thing howling the freaks is actually kind of clever in that late 80s early 90s sort of discovered out of nowhere and like hey this film actually had a good script behind it and howling newman rising is just nuts so howling it's, it's funny because now we're about to go to the least i would say of the howling seven sept what is seven sept i don't know the the seventology of of whatever the howling films are and it's it's fun so we're about to go to that and and uh, what else do we have in this minute um yeah ted throws away a bag of clothes in the dumpster uh i thought someone was going to see him doing that but they don't some dogs sniff it out but then but then uh uh harriet says that this is red paint oh but he used the red paint to cover over red blood where do you get the red paint from i don't know who knows i think we see him with the george jones cassette don't quote me on that and he has the the ID of the the guy in his that coat pocket, and and then the the, the, the they they find the 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 Joro or whatever comes in with the newspaper with the picture of the woman from part six, and then Harriet has a picture of that woman that was also the exact same like headshot of the woman that was also in the the room of the guy who was killed, and it's all getting the. If you think about it too much, it gets it is getting ridiculous. Um, yeah, because these five minutes we get whatever it is Howling New Moon Rising is doing, and we get um, we get scenes from four, we get the woman from six, and of course we get Ted, who it is implied is is the same character from five. So we're getting everything tied in here. Um, but the thing about it, at the end of the day is this is not the huge mythology that part two is trying to make this as far as we can tell is one werewolf who sort of made it from place to place and is now here although this isn't the part six werewolf right this is meant to be the part four or five well see you're gonna hurt yourself if you think about it too much it's gonna go on and on forever so i'm gonna stop right here but yeah so ted has thrown that out now he he may have had a lovely romantic night with that lady although he when he gets me in the morning you see him in his own room so and then he's going outside so i don't know but um and and you get that woman you get, you get the weird moment with the woman's on the phone with like the forest ranger the ranger asking about if there were any wolf attacks or anything like coyote attacks and it's kind of this strange conversation and but you can't stop looking at her mullet which is the tricky thing and um yeah that's about it for these five minutes so so they find suspicious stuff with ted and somehow it ties to that um this woman who whose body they that 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 was the the body they found at the beginning the skeleton they found at the beginning that was the body of the woman who was in part six so that's tying in there and ted's from part five chasing after this werewolf possibly and then part four is um coming in in here over the top of all of it and, and ted also has a cassette that he puts in his pocket that the, the music goes crazy for so here we are folks we're, we're half an hour in both these movies we have about a half an hour left for each so we got what six six more episodes of, of howling two and seven two and then we will be at the end and um uh the howling uh, two ended with a guy's eyeballs exploding and howling original nightmare ended with a quick clip or two from Howling I'm not Howling New Moon Rise ended with a clip or two from Howling the Original Nightmare and a shot of that goofy looking priest who I just love he looks like he almost could be a Muppet doesn't he sort of look like he could be um oh with like um the voice of Sam the Eagle or something like that I don't know he would have made a fun Muppet you sir would have made 
a fun Muppet. And I do like in the, in the background, there's lovely multicolored mugs hanging on the wall and such. So even though she has this werewolf, whatever it is going on, she, she, br- she brought her mug collection back from the colony, which I thought was in Australia, but I'd have to watch Howling Original Nightmare again. And that ain't happening unless I do a Howling 4 podcast. I mean, Howling 3, 4, and nothing more. That could be the last one. Howling 4 and nothing more. How about that? Because there are seven. So presumably I could do like say like one and five and, and, and three and six and then howling four and nothing more. Boom. So that's the end of this episode, everyone. Be good to yourselves. Listen to a little bit of this. We'll be back next time and we'll be heading into the third half hour, the third act, as it were. Although both of them are meandering so much, who knows who knows where we are. Be good to yourself. Enjoy this. Mm-hmm.